What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. This is Chris Kane, as you know. Here, my boy, the man, the myth, the legend, Adam Sheen. Yeah. What's up, bro? <laughs> What's good, son? What's good, son? <laughs> we got Big Dog Real Big, the man, the myth, the Renaissance man himself, Mister Still Your Girl, Mister Take Your Take Your Mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was a like trigger. What's up, man? How you been? I feel good, man. Uh, yo, I also I feel like we both have a mutual love for Trey songs too. So like that call out is just respect. You know what I'm saying? I'm a fan. His new album drops I think in a week, and I'm here for all of it. Always been a Trey <laughs> fan. New music, yeah. <laughs> but how you been, man? We've been trying to do this pod forever and a day, and uh, right. you know, life happened, and now we're finally here. So I'm happy to have you on, man. It's like this is yeah. This is big. Well, it feels good, man, to uh, to be here. Also, I've known you for like nine years of my life. So, long you know time, what I'm right? saying? Like getting together for a podcast and stuff like that. Like we both have our schedules, but it's not like we don't talk to each other. But more sitting down for like an hour is always yeah. something with us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And last time, like usually when we sit down for an hour, we're shooting a sketch where you get right. to like, make fun of me because you have a scooter and I don't. Or, <laughs> or, or you get like, I find most of our sketches is you. By bodying me, like like looking back on it, is you bodying me and then me having to be okay with it? <laughs> it's like, yo, I can't lie. I was going through my IG the other day because I was cutting out, like trying to cut out the fat, like the sure. stuff, the videos, random stuff I don't need. And I was going through those like old school videos, son. Like you, Sura, Manny, y'all just let me like yell at y'all for like <laughs> seconds. fifteen seconds was the video time then. Fifteen seconds. Do you yeah. abused us often? Like, <laughs> The only, the only video where you didn't abuse me that I could think of was when I like hit on uh, Gigi and you were like, yeah, yeah, I smacked yeah. her on the butt and you, she was like, he smacked my butt and you yell at old boy. It's like, hey man, you gotta apologize. And he's like, that wasn't me. That was that black dude. He was like, I didn't see nothing. Bro, we shot that, uh, we shot that on the iPhone 4. Wow. Yeah, we shot that on the 4. Son, oh, that's how crazy that is. If you look at the quality, like you could go back and see, like it looks like a four. It looks like a four. <laughs> at the time, it looked like a nine, though. Like at the time, that shit was clean, but now. Yo, during that time, what we were really doing things, dude. That was that was a wild time. Um, who know who who would have known? You know, seven, eight iPhones later, we're both to be in LA reminiscing about a fifteen-second video. <laughs> yeah, for real. Videos are just getting longer and longer. Ideas are getting like more wild and wild. It's crazy. But that's we good, out though. here just plugging in vitamin water for the culture. You know, what hey. I'm saying? hey. But here's the thing, though. Think about it. Like the one of the hardest things was trying to keep all the stuff we were doing down to 15 seconds because the idea was always way bigger than that. And it's like, you know, we got 22 seconds of good content. But we got to cut yeah. it down to 15. So you're like, what seven to drop out? Do we do a part one, part two? And now yeah, it's like, because yeah. America, that was during the time. Yeah. Yeah, that was during the time. We didn't even know how to cut yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't even know what apps to use, if the app would even download on the iPhone 4. So, like, we were really just kind of <laughs> like, we, we were scrapping with it. You know what I'm saying? Listen, you had, of all the people I've worked with, we worked with a lot of people just from Miami to LA. Like, you're a dude that always has ideas. You always got, right. you always got like a new, Yo, man, I got an idea. Hey, man, route me for a second. Hey, man, can you shoot? And like, that's 
like if anybody who knows you for more than like a, a few months, they're like, yo, Adam always has, when you're in shoot right. mode, like you like, yo, I got like nine sketches. I need, I right, need this. Right. If you like, now I thought about this recently because we're here now and we have more connections. If you had the supporting people you needed to do all the stuff you want to do, like we have now, like we can just meet one group of friends and like, oh yeah, my right. girlfriends want to be actresses and we can kind of put right. that up. If you had three to four people to actually show up on time when you had all these like unlimited ideas, dude, yeah. you'd be like on some batch type thing right now. I buy it. Yeah. I, I, really, I really believe that. Yeah. Yo, um, you saying that, first of all, makes me feel uh, like incredible because um, I, I look at that in two ways. First of all, I just I just thank you so much for saying that because I feel the same way too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really do believe that. And then it's like I'm great. It's like, okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm great. I'm great. That's just, I'm great. But uh, That's funny. but no. Also, also, it's more like um, it not hitting that level for me has uh, almost like evened me out in the mm. sense of like. I don't even know how to put it to words, but it'd be more like <clears throat> recognizing what's what's almost like important as far as like writing. Because I always have these ideas and I always have these things, but I had a hard time like um, trying to make uh, all my writing towards videos or all my writing towards jokes. And right. for like, you know, I'd go down periods where I'm not even writing uh, like stand-up jokes. I'm just writing, I'm just writing like video ideas and stuff like that. But nonetheless, man, I think that was such a um, a learning tool for me when I just had all these, like when we were blowing those videos up in Miami and we were just going through a whole bunch of things. Cause like some, some ideas were crazy. Some, some of them would work, some of them were good. But bro, it was, uh, it really was a learning experience, but it also told me that, um, like when I came out here, obviously I didn't also like, I, I was trying to get a hold of you and some other people to shoot and stuff like that. And I didn't have that supporting cast when I moved out here either. So like for me to really get my feet up off the ground and express myself to like how great I think these videos are was hard for me to do because I just didn't have the tools around me. And so it was so discouraging at some points in my life where I just, I almost quit doing videos just because I was like, it's not getting the hype that it's getting. And then the videos that I did release, I'd feel like they were so good, but didn't get like the, the proper praise on them. So it, it was just more like, how good, how good am I at making these things? So it was like a blessing and a curse because I feel like I really created some dope content, man. When I went back and I just told you, I, um, I was going back and looking at my old videos. I was like, Bro, some of these are gold. You, you know what I'm saying? Like some of them are so fucking fun. So it was a humbling experience, but also just like, man, like it just goes to show you like some things, you know, some things work, some things don't. But yeah, we we were just putting in the work, bro. It's a it's an interesting thing because you bring up something that I talked to my boy Everett about maybe like two months ago. And he's a creative, but he's not a comedian. And he was like us, but he would be way more on the editing side. So he would make a video. And maybe it's a minute long, but he would spend like two weeks, like, you know, mixing, mastering and like putting all the little thing out and he'll put it out to the world and it'll get like 20 views. And he'll be like, right. I put two weeks of my life into that and it didn't get the feedback I wanted. Yeah. And so he kind of felt discouraged and said, I'm not making stuff anymore. And we had a conversation. Right. I said, basically, when you're creating stuff for the people, 
it's uh it's you throwing darts like you don't know what's going to hit what's not going to hit but that's right. not really the point the point is to keep creating because the thing you don't think is going to hit just like being on stage we have throwaway lines in a joke sometimes that hit way harder than the joke does and you're like no no the punchline is coming yeah. next but maybe that little throwaway part is what hits the people and so because right. you don't know what's going right. to hit sometimes right. it's just about staying the course until you finally get to that point and people who don't stay the course obviously never make it because you don't stay the course and so you just got to be okay with, I did really good work. I put this stuff out. Like I had, I had, this, I had this video series, my, my client, Steve, who's had a tremendous weight loss journey. And we made maybe 20 videos. And I'm talking, yeah, I, I got, I've seen, I think I've seen most of those videos. Yeah. yeah. And like, so first of all, I wrote the program from the workout. Then I trained him in the video. Then I shot the video. Then I edited the video. And I added music in there. Like this was a very big, and he didn't, I didn't ask him to pay me for anything. I just wanted people to support his journey because he's always kind of struggled with that. And now he looks amazing and people are like, oh my God, you're amazing. But at the time we were shooting these videos, I'm putting mad work in. Right. Like 20, 25 views, one comment. Right, right, right. Comments. I'm like, y'all right. can't get behind this. This dude's trying to save his life. This soundtrack is dope. You see how his <laughs> workout is? And people were just like, that's a pretty cool rope workout. I'm like, then do something with it. Like this shit right. like reposted and it, it just wasn't. And like maybe after the yeah. sixth or seventh video, I was like, all right, I'm doing this for his well-being. I'm not doing this for my own edification. And I did like I had to reframe it in my brain because I was like you. I was like, all I see is girls posing with their butts out and dudes with their abs out. This is a journey of someone, a real person, trying sure. to save their life, working out, like paying good money to do that. And it's not getting any traction at all. And it completely right. was befuddling to me. And it was just like. Yeah, yeah. Two, two things on that. Um, two things on that I'll give you, um, which I've seen those videos and they're incredible. Uh, I, I think that the first part about like what you said earlier is that uh, doing the work and doing the videos and the creativity and putting in all that effort and all that work and then releasing it and being okay with it. It's yeah. like once you're, once you're okay with that portion uh, of like releasing it and it's out of my hands now, it's like, it's for the people. And if it doesn't get the traction, it doesn't get the traction, but being okay with that. Because my thing is, uh, I, I think like when I was making those videos, bro, I think like I had a bunch of ideas, but like I struggled a lot with um, how they didn't take off. Like, you know, some of the other Viners and IG videos, but also, I think it was great that maybe it didn't during that time because I, I might have been doing it for the wrong reasons. Like maybe I just wanted more self-validation. Maybe I just wanted to be famous. Maybe I was just like, and so, you know, like we always talk about when we talk on the phone, you know, I think your blessings come when you're ready for those blessings. And I think if you were to give it to me during that time, maybe maybe it would have been too much for me to handle. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> you're that's big, bro. You'd have been you'd have been you'd have been not here feeling yourself. You light skin already. You can't give light what, skin. What son? I would have had my shirt off every single place I went. I would have had two gold chains that just were like it's just sheep or sheep. They're right here. Oh so no. It would have been, been such a problem. But <laughs> it would have been, been bad. It would have no no humility whatsoever. Walk into the restaurant, no shirt, just a vest. <laughs> like, sir, sir, you had to put a shirt on. Not me, fam. I'm Instagram famous. Like, oh, I'm sorry, right this way. <laughs> Come to the back. I didn't realize you were famous. You have 104,000 followers. 
Sorry. But the, also, the other thing that you said, though, that um, that would drive me crazy, and I'm not trying to hate against these, these women and stuff like that, but, like, what I, what I would always talk to you about is, like, you know, I think, I think the internet now uh, is really just, like, clogged up with some of the wrong stuff from time to time. So, like, you know, what a lot of, like, people praise or, like, big... Um, account followers and stuff like that, that they repost and they redo. It's like girls twerking and girls doing this. And I'm just like, yo, son, this beautiful comedy out there, this authentic, beautiful, dope comedy. But the ones I do see get famous nowadays are just like less skin. And I'm just like, ah, son, it just hurts the soul a little bit. You know what I mean? A little bit. Is is that that why you couldn't find a shirt for six years? (laughs) Because you're trying to be an Instagram model? (laughs) Maybe that's right. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's right. <laughs> like tattoo life. You know, like it's, um, and you've known me long enough to know that I'm like, that person you know now is mostly who I've been. There's little changes on the, like, the outlier parts. But like, for the most part, I've always kind of been the same dude. I'm not some sure. like, like, I want to be famous enough to get what we're doing out, podcasts, stand up, shows, whatever. But I never was like this, like, overly over the top attention seeking type person right so for my personality type seeing what pops on social media and stuff is what actually in a large part makes me not like social media for the most part i understand there's right right that's interesting. like the thing that is being glorified a lot of times is not anything i really put value in so i don't care i'm a, I'm a trainer so i i love in shape people it's literally how i keep the lights on so right I'm for it. right but when it's dumb captions and when it's like 20 posts of the same pose and I know you're doing camera angles, like that, that stuff doesn't move me. That's why I don't write right, right. DMs. I don't think that doesn't move me, but I understand that's what the, the makeup of the land is. And I think our job as creatives who aren't Instagram model famous is to find the sliver of people in that marketplace who want our content and don't necessarily want the other stuff. And we just have to like find them. And then once you pull them in, hold on to them because that's how you build a base. You don't build a base with one viral video and then you stop posting. Yeah. Once you post something yeah. good and they like you, oh, that guy's good. You have to keep going. And then that builds to the point where anything you post essentially becomes hot. But that's a process. That's a process. And that's what a lot of people don't want to like, I guess, invest in. Yeah, I think I think um, like we've seen along our journey of eight, nine years of, of doing comedy, of doing videos, of you doing podcasts, all of that is that uh, some people pop way before you, you know what I mean? And um, maybe maybe they were ready, maybe they weren't ready. But the biggest thing that I've learned uh, specifically along along the way is like that whole having the dedication and love for the crafts of of not stopping because you know everyone everyone once in a while so discouraged they just kind of question their ability of what they're giving to the craft what they're giving to the game is it something they want to continue in but when you really when you really love the art of comedy and 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 video making and just making people laugh like we do um your 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 goals just change up a little bit and also you understand that like if i didn't pop then maybe i'll pop a little bit later but like what you were talking about is like um finding the audience 
that will ride with you because you don't need everyone to like you but if you could grab your audience then you'll generally be doing you know what i mean what you love that people love to watch you do you know what i'm saying so it's a it's a constant grind to get it out to your people and get it out to your audience and how do i attack that what marketing strategy do i need need to do to find these people that generally like stick to my type of comedy and it's a constant grind because going through that you're going to find some people along the way that don't like it and 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 that don't want it. so it's constant how much do you love comedy how much do you love this that you're willing to just keep going until it's like no 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 and finally yes i we're, we're there now, you know what I mean? So it's just a love for it, bro. You, if you don't really have the love and the art to tell jokes and do these videos and just have the love like we do for comedy, you'll never find the audience. And, um, you know, and, you know, just continuous grind for it, you know? I was gonna say like, you, the grind part you brought up actually was a nice segue into what I was gonna get into next. You didn't even know what I was going to get into. So that's just a natural conversational segue. But right. of all the people, and we've worked for a lot of comedians, some more famous, some lesser, whatever. There's only a handful of people who that I've been around that gets the business grind aspect of comedy and then the craft part of comedy. There, Because there's two distinct skill sets. We know some really, yeah. really funny people that don't promote, that don't sell tickets, but are amazing performers. They are like mercenary. Right. You put them in, a, you put them on a lineup. They walk in, and they leave. Yeah. It's like, yo, man, you yeah. killed the show. Hey, thanks, man. And they're just like, go. Yeah. It's like, hey, why don't you stay and mingle? Nah, just I'm here to get these jokes. <laughs> and then we know people who are marketing like all the time. People like you, people like Garavito, people like Julie, people like Faso, like who are like, if I have a show, you're gonna know about it twice a day for the next right. two weeks. On your IG page, your Twitter, I'm gonna text you, I'm gonna call you. And so, like, on my end, I've watched you guys for a long time do that because I'm naturally the mercenary guy. I wanna be the dude you just throw on the show. You can call me, hey, can you do a show in three hours? Yeah, I got material, I'm ready to go. Right, right. I, mean, I wanna just get out. But because I watched you start however many rooms in Miami, like, oh, I got a new room here. Yo, I'm trying to do this room here. Yo, I got an audition for this room. You were just trying to make it pop everywhere from the Clinton to cabarets. It is like, I'm, I'm just going to make this go. And if it closes down or it doesn't work out, yo, man, working on getting a new spot. Now, next month, new, 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 yeah. new happening. I'm like, did you just have a room? Yeah, man, it didn't work out. <laughs> because that's the grit and grind it takes to be good in comedy. But then once you have an opportunity, if it doesn't work out, you can never look back personally. You can never look back and say, I didn't try to make it work hard enough because I've seen how grinded you are. And when you meet yeah. people who do both, those are the people you kind of want to gravitate towards because they understand right. it's not, this industry is not just about being funny. Right. <laughs> There's a business part to it that people don't realize. They just think, oh, that's a funny person. Why are they more famous? It's like possibly, they're not doing the other stuff. And right, the other stuff is right. what you longevity. So on your grit side, dude, you're one of the people I've seen grind the hardest. And yeah. you're always trying to find and the right spot, the right room. And I just, it's, it's maybe maybe from afar, I was taking notes and not even bigging you up. I was like, 
notes from Madison. Right, 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 right. I was, I was just stashing <laughs> in my pocket. I didn't want to, in the moment, I was like, yo, man, you're killing it. I was like, just keep that for myself. <laughs> Put that in my bag. <laughs> it's like, I got a lot of so notes I, for you over the years. Yeah. And I, man, I appreciate that too, because like, I always wanted to lift people up with my comedy rooms too. And you know, in Miami, and then they had you on every single show. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to lift my people up around me. I wanted the people I thought was funny to shine. I wanted every, everyone to be involved. You know what I'm saying? And the, the main reason why I was always doing these comedy rooms and always just going, always searching for a new spot, trying to see what sticks, trying to see what property works. Should it be a restaurant? Should it be a hotel? Should it be a lounge? My thing was wait for nobody, son. Wait for nobody. Wait for nobody to book you. Uh, wait for nobody to tell you this or that. I was like, if I'm not working as much as I want to be working, I'm going to put my own shows on so I'm constantly working and constantly getting better and stuff like that. Because, you know, in Miami, we were always doing like, you know, Miami Improv and Fort Lauderdale Improv. But there was times in between where I'm like, I could be, I could be getting better. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'll put my own thing on, put my own show on. And I remember, remember Baru Urbano? Son, I threw a show at like a Spanish salsa club. They were like, what are they doing here? And I was like, son, I would do comedy here, son. You did, you, you did, you did, you did, you did New York Spanish comedy. Yo, what's up, Boricua? I was like, what's this guy doing on stage? Yo, what's up, son? Dale. Yeah. Bro, there was there was one show everyone was talking like Spanish in the back and just salsa dancing. I was like, can y'all please be quiet? And then which was like, but it's a Spanish club. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but it's laugh it off tonight though. <laughs> it's like, hey, sit down, put the put the castanets away. I got jokes to get off, all right? It's like to dance. That that shit was so random, but uh yeah, man, I, I think I'd have and I'm still doing, obviously, the uh, the shows and laugh it off. But, you know, the main reason for that, like I said, which is wait for nobody and and, and um, the joy that, that that comes along with just being able to do your own shows. And it <clears throat> I'm able to practice and do whatever I want on those things, too. So it really it really tests my ability of how far I can expand my comedy when I'm able to have, you know, my own venue to do whatever I want. And it's nice to. You know, and and it's just nice to be able to put you know people that you want on the shows uh, as well too. So and stuff, so, and it's a good marketing tool, man, too. So like when I started doing it out here in LA, it was um, of course I just wanted to work and stuff like that, but it was a great opportunity for me to get to know LA comics, invite them out, swap shows, do all that stuff, and really try to get involved with that you know LA culture and stuff like that. But you know, the the, the journey continues, man. Right, <laughs> stop. Cause like you're, you're the way you went about it. Like, you know, this, like when I was in Miami, I didn't organize a show really until the speak Saturday show that we did right. um, at the speak Friday's location. We did it. I think we did like four shows and they were largely unsuccessful in terms of like turnout. The first show had like 15 or so. And then the next couple had like, you know, five or six. There was one thing that I took away from it. That I thought was a good idea. Everything else was, you know, whatever. And I know it was a good idea because when I left, I saw other people using that idea in their shows. And I didn't think, oh, whatever, intellectual integrity is what it is. But I remember trying to, that was like once a month, I was trying to organize a show. And I was like, man, scrambling, trying to find comedians and trying to do marketing for it. And I had Rob helping me and I was going crazy. 
And I didn't organize the show again until right before I left Miami, those two big right. shows at um, Open Stage. And then I came out here and like maybe my first year, year and a half, I didn't organize the show again. I went right back to where I was in Miami, just being on people's shows, open mics, and seeing people like you, seeing, I think Bradless had a show at the time. And I was like, wait a minute, why am I regressing and going back to just being someone's pawn? Oh yeah, maybe I can get you up for three to five. Right, right, like, why, why right. Why am I back to doing that? So I started organizing real life shows out here and they were going well and then COVID happened and it made the virtual moment happen. And I avoided it again, because like, I'm stubborn sometimes. I, right. I, I had a show the day before COVID, the day after we got shut down out here, I had a show like the next day. And I was like, had sold tickets, had to give refunds. It's a very sad situation. Yeah. And I didn't organize a show for three months, even like on Zoom. I just didn't, I didn't want to be a part of it. I just was stubborn. Right. And since then, I've been doing bi-weekly Zoom shows. And it's taken the amount of energy it takes to organize a show, the outreach, the flyers, ticket selling, yeah. all that good stuff. It's a grind, man. Like it's, it, and it almost seems anticlimactic because when the show is over on Zoom, you just log off. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, good show. <laughs> and then you just like, I don't know, go take a shower or like go eat dinner or something. It's like, it's so like, maybe that's right. But now, I see, you, it looks like, it looks like you've been pretty active with that stuff. I'm still, I just started doing the, the, the Zoom shows and, you know, now, now I'm with you on here, but like, you know, for the most part, I don't know. I took the time for when I wasn't like trying to organize a Zoom show or do anything like that because it's just like I've never been one anything online stuff like that. I don't think anybody has. You haven't either. You know what I'm saying? No, Everyone's kind of been forced that. into it. But my thing, I was like, if I'm going to take the time to have off from doing live shows, what can I potentially do with my time that will like, you know, create the full potential of myself you know what i'm saying so i i just been i just been writing obviously i'm you know trying to open up uh some live shows in hollywood as well too but like i just been writing so much man because during the downtime you have so much time to think right and which could be a good thing or bad thing but <laughs> i started going into modes where i was just like all right if if netflix called me up right now and was like we're gonna give you this much for an hour how good would that hour be? Yeah. Honestly, like diagnose yourself and really critique and judge yourself in an honest standpoint. And I, I looked at it as my time off is, man, if I was really called upon right now, I'd have maybe an hour, but would it be the best hour that like you're capable of giving? Would it be, would it compete with like the people that you love watching on, on um, you know, Netflix and your personal favorites and stuff like that? Because right. at the end of the day, if you get a shot like that, you're in competition with the people that you love. You know what I mean? So I was like, man, I don't think I would be ready. I don't think I'd be where I thought I was. So I, uh, I really self-evaluated during this time off and, um, you know, gave myself some, some, some strong, honest critiques about myself and being honest with yourself is the only way you can get better. Like, I'm like, how, how, how good is my writing? How good is my best joke? You know what I'm saying? So I really took all this time to like really go deep into my notebook and just make the best writing and uh, jokes and how I write jokes, the best possible, you know, strategy and 
stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just been a writing game for me. So when we come out of this thing, you know, I could be a whole different, better version of myself. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're not, that's where the grit and the grind comes in. It's really, you're in this constant state of trying to get to where you're trying to get to. And that's right. some level of self-actualization. That's some level of achievement. Like we have this whole concept of making it, but making it's kind of abstract or whatever. But right. if you don't want, let's say you had a special this year, 2020 you had a special. If in 2025, we're talking about, yo, remember that special Adam did in 2020 that I think you messed up. I think right. something went wrong because you've been doing comedy for five more years. You have five right. experience. You should be cleaner in your delivery. Right. You should be more seasoned. Or even if you change your style, it should sound or feel different. It shouldn't be. Right. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm on. I'm on that old Adam. This new Adam, though, I don't know, man. It's like it's like it's like new night, like new yay. I can't mess with him. And right. That, but you don't get there without rewriting without reframing without redoing yeah. and that's the hardest thing especially for comedians because we take it takes so long to get a joke the way you want to get it that when you bury a joke and have to move on you go out there and start bombing while you're writing new material and people right. watching you who don't know you're like oh this guy's not funny you're like but i'm so funny i just don't <laughs> use i promise you i'm funny i am that that material has just been laid to bed this is new stuff, like catch me in six months. And so the ego of us can sometimes be right. Because the ego of a comedian is, oh, she's killing it. He's killing it. You're like, I can kill it too. But you can't kill it with your new material because it's not ready yet. Right. Like you're living right. on the confidence of old material as you're trying to put this new material out. And it's a weird game Yeah. with yourself. And that's where... Yeah better comedy yeah the, the the ego is a is a crazy thing i've always battled with myself for for years you know what i'm saying as far as like good and bad as far as like you know i've had situations i i've been in where my egos told me that i was better than i really was at that point in my career and i've had times when my ego kind of shrank me down to where i didn't think i actually was as good as where i was and that goes into you know it kind of ties hand in hand with like your confidence but also man if you if you're really writing and putting in uh the practice and the work i i didn't really do that a lot when i first started comedy i just had i felt like my confidence and just like the jokes that i had my ability and just kind of like the swag on stage was going to kind of ride me to the next level where it's like that bro that could literally only get you so far you know what i'm saying um so now where you know you, you you sit it down and you stare at it and you're like all right all the stuff i've done all the jokes i have you know what i mean how can i take this and put it to the next level and that's what i've been really just doing this the, really with this whole break and stuff like that just trying to see what i can do to make it bring it to the next level you know Listen, you're right, man. I think, and I, I told you this, and some of the listeners know, when this year started, as a challenge to myself, I decided to do, like, only clean comedy for the year, which meant basically throwing all my old jokes away, <laughs> because, <laughs> like, and my jokes are never, like, the most vulgar, but, you know, just, like, an F word here, whatever, whatever, and I was like, man, I gotta basically throw those away and start from pure scratch. 
And these right. first, the first two months of 2020, when everybody was like, woo, I was on stage taking L's. Boy, right. I was out there, hey right. guys, this, you know how it's crazy when you, you go to visit your grandparents and they don't, huh? Well, I was out there taking, <laughs> trying to do like family friendly stuff. And it, it worked its way to the point where maybe like in late February, early March, I felt like I was finally finding my legs with it. And it's continued through this whole thing now. But that was like, it's a, it's like, how far can you stretch yourself? Because it started with the comedy, but then when COVID started, you started writing better jokes. I started writing like scripts and stuff. But right, I'm not, right, I'm not right. I'm a script writer. Like I, like I didn't know the right. structure. I didn't go to school for it. I mean, that's not what I do. But I have an idea of how dialogue works. So I said, well, I think I have the most, the format is what gets it read by higher people. Like if it's not the right structure, they don't care what the content is. So I don't right. have any of the structure. But I do know how people converse from being on stage, from watching a lot of TVs and movies. So I was like, I think I have something. But I got to like put it in the right vehicle, basically. And as I wrote, I'll have people who write scripts be like, this is a good script, but none of the rest of this stuff is right. Like, that's not the right heading. What, what scene is this? Like, all that little stuff. Right, right. So, I, so I've been writing every day since COVID started, like, like a chapter or a, a, a scene, what have you. And over time, it's gotten to the point where now I recognize what belongs in stories. I rewrite way more than I regular write. Like I'll write it and then I'll be like, all right, it's like 40 pages. And as I go through the rewrites, I'm like, oh, that's not good. And immediately start, before I even let other people look at it, I'm like, nah, cause that is, that's not as, as inconsistent with the scene four pages from now. Because now I recognize if I'm trying to present a character to people, I know where the character is going in 12 episodes, but the viewer right. doesn't. So I got to lay the breadcrumbs out for it to make sense. You don't want to have a character, let's say you're a character in my show and you're just brash. You almost stayed Adam dude. And one scene later, you're all humble. They're like, well, how did he get humble? Where's the journey? Right. Why would I believe right. that this kid went from being, I'm the greatest of all time to, hey guys, the craft is important. I have to write the story in such a way that people believe it. Like, it's like you getting an opportunity to go to Netflix. You're putting a special. Right, right. Bombing. And then your opportunity is drying up. And you having to go back to the well. And having to rewrite. Right. And then your ascension back to that level. So now people go from, oh, we don't like him. He's too cocky. To he got humble. To his journey back up. Now we like him again. But that's how, right. that's how a story should go. But I was writing stories where I was, like, jumping without that because I didn't know the format of it. And that's only that's yeah. all stuff you get from writing. You've been I think you've been writing for like a little kind of a minute now. How, how long you been been writing for these scripts? Well I'm on my third one now. So but I've been here's the thing I started writing like in middle school. I just had right. it and I wrote it down. Again, no structure, no whatever. And then I didn't write anything for almost maybe like a decade. I didn't write until pretty much post-college. And then I wrote a little bit and I stopped. And then when this happened, it really just gave me, I had an idea that I really felt passionately about. That's what it was. Everything right. was given my passion. Like I just had, I was like, I think this is a really good idea. I think this can be a really good TV show. And if I don't write it, I don't think it will exist. And so I just right. said, I got to write this. And I, I, I held myself to deadlines. Like, hey, I called my friends. Yo, by next Friday, if I don't get a draft to you, you know, you get to penalize me some way. Like I owe you money, whatever, whatever. So now I put myself on a deadline because that's how I work. If I don't have a, a clear cut thing, I'm just going to kind of like meander around. 
and I'll get it to him on Friday. They'll be like, this is trash. I'm like, thank you. And he comes back to the drawing board. Thank you, I appreciate that. You go back to the drawing board and you rewrite it. And they're like, better. And then like third and fourth drafts, I'm like, yo, this is actually solid. But then once you right. t- once you learn your kind of way of thinking, your format, then you have other ideas. Like, oh, okay, this is idea about relationships. But this next idea may be about religion or politics. And this next one is this. And then you try to take that template and then we apply right. things. So this script I'm working on now is more like a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, but the one before that was a purely political show. And the one before that is a sitcom. So these are three right. pretty different genres and styles of writing or whatever, but that's just where my brain went. It may be that down the line we find out I can only write sitcoms. Who knows? And then I'll just write sitcoms. But my brain now is like, let's try to do drama. Hey, let's try an improv show. Yeah. My brain's yeah. trying to figure it all out. I don't know where it's gonna go, but it's gonna be. Yeah, you're trying to, you're trying to, uh, you're trying to sort it out. It kind of, I don't know why it makes me think about this, but I was, um, like, I, I literally didn't get into like reading until maybe like two years ago and stuff like that, and I thought that really helped my, um, my growth as a person and a, as an individual and. Also just, you know, straight up, just like vocabulary in general. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, how good am I with words like that, you know? But um, after reading, it just reminds me of what you were saying too, uh, as far as like, cause you have all these ideas and you're kind of like, what am I really good at as far as writing and stuff like that? Um, I was reading, I, I think it was uh, Eckhart Tolle. He wrote the, the Power of Now. Bro, it just kind of like, it, it really helped me in a sense of, his whole his whole strategy and his whole book is just about obviously um, present moment stuff. So he's not a big believe spiritual guy, but he's not a big believer in like uh, future or or past. It's almost like an illusion to him. You know what I'm saying? Everything is specifically present moment. And when I read that book and I started really focusing on right now, like where, where am I at right now, um, mentally, physically, stuff like that. You could really assess everything that you need to do moving forward because it forces you to be honest with yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because where you're at right now, like you can't make that up if you look at it. Like it's just, it is what it is. So having an honest assessment of where you are at this present moment and being fully um, in acceptance with that, like when you accept that, you know what I mean? You can't, you know, ah, man, I, I should be way further ahead in my career than I am right now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I really made that mistake. Bro, I used to get so hung up on like, I, I should have done this more and I should have done this or I made this mistake. And it all that does is slow you down. So like, as far as present moment, what you're doing with like, am I good at these dramas? Am I good at these comedies? With me, it's like, my very, you know, my better punchline, my, my better storyteller, like what am I better at? Just being completely honest and present has helped me um, for my next chapter and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, just like not being salty about what I haven't accomplished as of yet, because I've, I've had moments in my life where I've been like, I should be way further ahead. Why? Why am I not way, you know what I mean? Why am I not making more money? Why am I here in this? So when I came to terms with where I was as a person and as a comedian, it's done nothing but give me a little bit more of that like second backlash of motivation 
to what's going to take place for the second half of my career. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, That's awesome, man. Um, Self-reflection is tantamount to you getting to where you want to get to, but it's also, I think, the most important part of being a, a fully formed person because right. we always look outside ourselves for whatever, validation, acceptance, however you see it. So it's like this relationship would make my life better if that person has these traits. This job would fulfill me if it pays me X. Being famous right. would make me feel better for whatever reason, right? It's always what on the outside can big us up. But it all starts on, if you don't know where you are, then you don't know right. where any of those things can pull you or where you're trying to get to. And so right. that's like, I have to be aware, I have to ask myself, where am I? You know this, I had, I had, a, I had a come to Chris moment <laughs> a couple of years ago where I'm sitting here on a, on a twin size mattress at a house I don't have a, a name on, on the lease or the title, just sitting there like, okay, dude, what's happening? <laughs> it's like, right. what did you right. do? And I always go back to that point because there's like two or three really low points in my life. Like there's more than right. that, but like as an adult, like that I can like that, whatever happened was on me. Whatever happens to a kid is usually like parental stuff. So if I was in a situation right. at 11, that's my mom and dad's fault. That's not on me. Like I didn't do anything. It's like, I didn't, I'm a kid. Once you become an adult and you put yourself in a situation like debt as an adult is usually your decision. You decide to go to that college. You decide to take out that student loan. And now you owe 30,000, but you're 40. And you're like, oh man, it's holding me back from whatever. But you may have had a better option at 20. You just took that one because it just seemed the most convenient, whatever, that kind of thing. And those low moments are what I refer back to because I have sometimes an issue accepting many accomplishments in my life. Because people will tell me, like, so I do these shows, you do shows as well. People come to your shows, Adam, great show. And you're weighing it like, I expected 50 people to be here, maybe 30 showed up. Right. So in your mind, you're like, I failed. I didn't reach right. my goal. But the audience is saying, I had a great time and 30 people showed up. So they had a right. great time. Like, when's the next show? And you're like, I got to get those 20 more people. And so in that moment. Get off my face, bro. <laughs> it's like, hey, great show. You're like, he's <laughs> like, mush them away from you. Like, great show. You're like, no, it wasn't a great show. It wasn't as great as I wanted it to be. And so right. part of it is, I had this at my last show where I had a technical malfunction during the show. Like, my computer just froze and i'm the host of the show right so i was actually talking and my screen just went and i was like no 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 that's not good <laughs> whoa not good and so i'm over here like trying to get uploaded but i'm not a tech dude and luckily my boy marvin was still on the show he's one he was one of the comics right he took over and kind of hosted in the meantime i may have been out of the show for like 90 seconds my heartbeat had to be at a 190 because i was like if i can't log back into my own show i've sold tickets to this i got family on the call and i got back into the showroom and i was like guys i'm really oh, i'm super apologetic like i'm like hey man the computer went crazy and they're like it's cool he took over we just kind of kept rocking and then the show was great and after the show i'm like hey how's the show so funny so great and i kept saying yeah but you know the, the tech messed up was bad I'm like dude that was like a minute it was a yeah. 90 minute show we had a great time you right? also yeah. It's like you're almost also bringing 
yourself the quality of the show down by re constantly repeating that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like you're telling people, nah, 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 it wasn't as good as you think it was. You know what I'm saying? They're like, nah, it was good. You're like, but it was it though? I, <laughs> I said it to about six or seven people via text and they all kept saying, we had a great time. It was a right. really lineup. We had like four new comics on. I've been to four of your shows. Like, when's the next show? And it was like, when I got to like the six or seven person, I was like, why do I keep trying to like undermine the show? Right, right. I had this perfectionist idea of what I wanted to be. And then when you compare that to my, like I told you, I didn't, I didn't do a show for, you know, three months. Like, dude, two, three months ago, you hadn't done any virtual shows at all. Right. You know how to you? I didn't even have Zoom on my computer. I had to download the app and pay for it. Like, you never even had Zoom. Now you're right. those in trying to figure out, can I book a brand new lineup in a week and a half? Like, take a moment to appreciate how far you've come. Don't right. put yourself right. up because it didn't meet some expectation that you arbitrarily put out there for yourself. And that yeah. is something that happened to me three days ago. And I'm telling yeah. you this because it's like, even as much as I think I've grown and I'm trying to be a better person, even in that moment, all I kept thinking about the show was, man, that, that, that tech mess, that tech mess. Even though the comics were great, we had a musician, we had a poet on, it was great. Yeah, I'm sitting there like, I really hope I didn't like make the show seem less professional. <laughs> I'm just like really beating myself up about it. And it wasn't that big of a deal ultimately. Cause right. it was to where I am now is a, just a, is a big jump. We have people right. in almost every show, paying yeah. money, you know, can't wait. I'm telling my cousin and my sister about it. And I'm a, so you have to remember the times when you went low because they give you reference points. It's almost like little check, like checkpoints in a video game where it's like, oh, the yeah. halfway point. And then you may die at this point in the stage, but you either go back to the halfway point and then go forward again. Yeah. Like those yeah. little down moments are like, dude, two years ago, you were homeless, basically. Right. You're okay. Three months ago, you had never done a virtual show. You're okay. Right. Like, like you're not making up as much money as you want to make. That's cool. You still have a way of making money. Some people are completely like asked out. You're okay. Right. And yeah. Those are what keep you. I think it's, I think it's, super important to be able to build yourself up you know what i'm saying like you got to be able to have these moments because just like you man throw my shows i've been doing laugh it off for probably like six seven years now and uh like it's almost like 50 percent of those i leave just being like people are like, hey man great show give me a hug i'm like you know what i'm saying I'm like, bruh <laughs> like <laughs> What's wrong? And it could have just been something simple where I felt like the back end of my back end of my hosting wasn't as crispy as the first part or the you know first part wasn't opened up the way I wanted it to be opened up. That transition into people showing up in the middle of the show that missed the first half. Maybe they didn't see how good the show actually was. So <clears throat> all that being said though, it's like when you recognize what you're doing and um, and people that are really enjoying it, it's like really important to notice because, uh, you know, you're taking all that, that self-enjoyment away from yourself if you're not really reaping the benefits of what you're doing. We're doing it because we love this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we, it's okay to heap praise every once in a while. I will say the, um, the, the funny thing when you were talking about being an adult, I just like, what I thought about, which is like really important to, to recognize. I will say too, by the way, just a quick little son. I see you smiling with your big bright ass white teeth, son. I don't hey, know if you see my braces up in here. You see hey, my braces? I see you. Oh yeah, yeah, it's coming, son. 
It's all, <laughs> it's all, it's all happening. <laughs> I'm coming for your teeth. I'm like, well, I didn't do anything. I never I didn't have braces. It's just the way the lights hit them. They're actually kind of crazy. You never had braces? Nah, but the lights are, my teeth aren't straight. It's just the lights make it look that way. Like if you get up close, you'll see. Son, you like, look like an Invisalign commercial no. out here. I'm like, is he trying to stunt on my braces out I, here? I, 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 I promise you. <laughs> If I take a picture from the side, you can really see the difference between the, I don't know what the teeth numbers are, like the two front, then the two next to those, those both like come in. And I don't know what they're I don't know what they're called, the, the three and four teeth or whatever. So from the front view, it's obstructed. From the side view, you see <laughs> like, what's up with that second tooth? Shut up, don't look at my mouth. <laughs> it's like so the front, like this zoom is actually perfect because I'm usually looking straight ahead. So like, I got a smile, it's perfect. No, it's not, but it's no, it just shines out here. It's literally, it's literally just so bright out here. But no, I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> I'm coming for your teeth. I'm like, all right, fine, man, we got it. Yeah. Now I was. Uh, you mentioned like just like the growth of being an adult earlier, and um, I think it's also important to recognize too, as far as like my coming into uh, being an adult. One of like the biggest things I had to like stop doing uh, for myself, as far as like. Um, you know, creating excuses as far as, you know, what's happening in your life. I used to, because like, I didn't have like just an upbringing like everybody else did. I, I held on to that for so long, bro, just because like, I felt like it always could just be like an excuse throughout if you haven't accomplished what you wanted to and like you're at a level of success where you potentially want to be at. So I just held on to that like upbringing of whatever it was in my life that was like different or harder than other people. But when you get to an adult, you're not an adult, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you can't hold on to those situations anymore. You're out of high school, you're not in college. So acceptance, what we were talking about earlier, just like accept that that's what that was, you know what I mean? But it has no absolute benefit or like it has it has no justification on where you are at your life now as an adult you're an adult you know what i'm saying so you got to own up to that and then just be able to fucking build from there you know what i'm saying so i thought that was important to mention no dude you're right and it's it's something that people don't want to hear and it's really hard right. to yourself like i'm accountable in a lot of respects in my life but there's definitely things i should be more accountable to and I'm, I'm aware that I should be, but it's me keeping myself accountable. So it's like, I right. should do this. And then I could be like, well, you don't have to do it. Who's watching? And then that's when you can kind of like fall off on certain right. things. But generally, what keeps you accountable is having structure is really what I found. 100%. Like if you have a routine, you're almost beholden to the routine. If you wake up, take a shower, make a coffee. I don't drink coffee, whatever. You take a shower, make your coffee read the paper and i know it's like 1942 <laughs> read the paper and then go to work like that is part of your routine so if you wake up one morning and don't have your coffee your day is discombobulated because you have a routine your body works at a certain you go to bed at a certain hour wake up at a certain time whatever the more of those things you have in your life the reason i started writing daily is because i started setting a time that i'm going to write and right. so it just became part of my routine like i would like time blocking is what it was i would say all right at 10 p.m i'm gonna start writing and i put my noise headphones on i start writing and sometimes i don't write at all like like write anything good i'm just like just you know mix, messing around but sometimes i write and i'm like yo i'm flowing and party was like yo keep going until like midnight but then i throw the rest of the routine like the routine is 
stay in his pocket. Right, but right, right. Like being consistent with that when it's like 930 and, you know, you get those texts, hey, what you up to? And you're like, I've actually, during COVID, had to be like, hey, I would, but I got writing to do. And it's like, you turn me down to write? And it's, <laughs> I got, it's part, it's on the schedule. I got to do it because if I don't write, I don't know how it's going to affect how I sleep, and it's probably going to throw off my next part of my day. I'm yeah, gonna... you're in you're in constant flow state, man. That's how you get that's how you get all that uh, creative juices flowing. And when you're in flow state, man, like the things that you could possibly come up with when you're in that zone is just super dope. You know what I mean? It was a rough. You don't drink coffee. You don't smoke cigarettes. This dude just does triangle push-ups all day. Like, what do you do, son? Like, do you have any flaws out here? I don't understand. Yeah, but... I just I just told you. Three days ago about a flaw. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's like, I just told you about how I undermined an entire show I did from a 90 second mistake that my computer did to me. Like, that was- That's fine. You just, you did, you went to the gym and then you did 800 lateral pull downs and you got over it, son. It's the, <laughs> the gym is closed. Like, this is, um, there's like, there's a lot of little stuff. And maybe it's not little at all. I think one of the things that I struggle with, I think you've mentioned this a little bit, is I don't know if I should be more famous or popular than I am. Like, cause it's like, what should you be? If you're a level, if you're an F-list celebrity, should you be a D-list? Like, I don't know what part of the list I should be on. I think I have something valuable for the world. Like sure. my personality, pod, stand up, however you want to cut it. I think I, I think my work is good. That's what I believe. I think this logo is dope. We got some fall stuff coming out soon. <laughs> I didn't make the logo. I paid for it. He's like, you see the writing right here. The Listen, I'm wearing, I'm wearing my logo. I'm like, I, I just ordered a phone case with my logo on the back of it. It'll be here like in two weeks. So like, I think that's a true story. Um, I think the logo is dope. I think the, the Zoom shows are well constructed and well run. I think our yeah. podcasts are, everyone has a podcast, whatever. I think this is a good pot. I think we're trying to do something good here. So I think what my impact to the world is good. And I think what I am in the world is good. I don't know how valuable that is at this point because I haven't found a way to monetize it. And so one of the things I'm struggling with is if I have my hand in a lot of different pots or well, that's not the right expression, whatever that was. I have my hand in a lot of different things. <laughs> like, I got the pot hands. We just <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I was like, I was like a lot of hats in, in my pots. <laughs> so one of my things is like maybe being decisive about what I do because it'll cut off other stuff. That's just the nature of the game. If you lock in on one thing, you have to cut two things out, right? It's kind of just the nature of the game. And because I don't know which way it's going to be the right way, maybe I'm like, you know, a paralysis by analysis kind of thing where I'm kind of like, I'll just kind of dip into all these things. And then whichever one shows a little bit more potential, then that's where I'll allocate my energy to. So sure, I think that's, sure, sure. that's a, like in a business sense, that's probably a flaw because businesses usually do one thing really well. And as a person, I'm like my own kind of business and I'm doing a lot of things. Okay. But I'm not doing any one thing. Great. Because I'm not sure I stand up was the thing that I would have, did that and then this happened and so i had to pivot with the industry a little bit but once this subsides and we're back in the regular world i think i'm good at writing scripts ish comparatively to people who don't write scripts i guess 
I think stand-up could be good. I think the Zoom shows we do, I've been on the Zoom. I think our Zoom show is one of the better ones. I actually, I big that up. Because just the right. people, yeah, people yeah. come on like, no. people come on like, I don't invite Zoom shows. And they do it and like, that was fun. Like, I think that that's... Exactly. But yeah. Zoom shows will be obsolete once people are back in real life. So right. even if I could do that really well, that has maybe two more months left. Because once 2021 rolls around, no more Zoom shows. So I right. can't even like put my energy really into that because it doesn't have any permanence to it. So right. that's kind of, I think that's, I think that's a flaw. And maybe even with women too, right? Like, it's like, how do you lock down on one girl when you feel like you have more options than one? I'm not Mr. Still your girl. He's like, <laughs> ah! For that, for that call that, <laughs> which one of y'all? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Trey, you know what I'm saying? But I think, have value in the marketplace so that's also a struggle because it's like if a woman likes you they'll like invest in you and they'll big you up because that's a big thing to have your guy be somebody so it's not like i have only one woman in my life who's trying to like see me do well there are a lot who want to see me do well because they they value what i could be but that makes it harder to choose because it's like hey thank you but Thank you, but also thank you. And so it's like, that's, yeah, I don't smoke and drink, but you know, that's right. not No, I was just giving you praise, man, because you've always, you've always stayed the course with uh, just like the, your, your routine and, and how you do things and, and everything. And everyone's got their own vices and stuff like that. I sure do have mine and stuff like that, but you seem to always uh, have like a, a steady head and steady, steady focus. And that's why one of the main things that I, that I do love about you. Um, I think just a random, random thing I was just thinking about and shit. Uh, I was like, you know, throughout the, throughout the course of like the, the standup that I was doing and then like the transition from me moving to Miami to LA, like, I think, um, I think like self-validation uh, like I always wanted to be validated that I was like funny, you know what I mean? So when you were talking about how people give you compliments, I think it's, it's important to, <clears throat> to recognize that and accept that, but also to understand that like not everyone needs to like you or has to like be your friend or be this. It's like, I wanted to move to LA and just know everybody. I wanted everyone to be my friend. And I wanted, I, why am I not in that social circle? Why am I not over here? I was so concerned with people liking me that like, it was just, it wasn't in, it, as important as I was making it in my head. You know what I'm saying? And I, I honestly truly feel, which um, I, uh, I, I firmly do believe is that like, if you create your own lane, like we always talk about like sometimes Wiz Khalifa and stuff like that. You, you're just kind of in his own little lane, man. You know what I'm saying? If you have your own lane as far as what you're doing and, and you really love it, you think it's great. I think people, I think people will start to catch on because you know I, I thought that like you know when I first moved out here, I should be using somebody else's template. They, they did it like that, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I should do it like that, or the, you know what I mean? It's not <clears throat> at least what I'm learning now. That's not how you should go about it. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to be able to, to do it your way. And, uh, you know, as long as you're putting in the work, that's one thing too. And I used to be very, very concerned about age as well too. You know what I'm saying? As far as like, I, cause when I was in my twenties, I was like, 
by the time I'm 30, dog, it's going to be like stadiums. It's going to, you know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. I was like, yeah. so having goals, intermediate goals, long-term goals is super important. Um, but if they're not reached, um, do them over. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that, like, having the acceptance when it comes to, like, you know, we were talking about present moment and stuff like that. But, like, if you don't reach a goal, um rewrite it redo it you know what i'm saying and um don't get discouraged that uh you feel like you're on this timeline where you're just running out i truly believe now that like comedy is one of those things i, I think rap music's a little bit different where it's more of like an image thing where like you might have to pop by you know 19 20 25 the latest but with comedy you know, I still, you know, with, with, with Bill Burr and all these guys that are, I think they might be like 50 or top, old, older 40s and stuff like that. They seem to just be getting better. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's important not to really put a timeline on yourself because I've, I've really restricted myself in, in getting discouraged as far as putting a timeline on myself when things are supposed to really happen for me. So I just think it's important to remember, you know what I mean? I do, man. I think that's actually a good sentiment to kind of end on. Uh, where can people find you on social platforms they want to follow your journey? And we didn't even talk about the Patriots, son. What, what, what's going on with these Patriots, son? About, man, they're about to take that sweet L tonight. That's what, We can talk about that all day. Yeah, my homeboy finna go out there and give him that business. So, man. Cam, if Cam was playing, we would have talked about it, but because Cam's out, I don't want to hear about Brian Hoyer. So... Just, I thought they played tomorrow night. So I'm no, they play tonight. They play at four our time. Oh shit! All right, so um, it's nothing. Um, but yeah, they can find me on um, IG Adam Sheba A D A M S C H I E B A. Um, yeah, that's it. Nah, <laughs> I'm everywhere. I'm on Instagram, Instagram, YouTube. <laughs> I don't do the Twitter anymore. Um, but yeah, just YouTube, same name, IG, Adam Sheba, Facebook, same thing. And, um, you know, once this whole thing gets up and going again, I always put like my, my show dates for Laugh It Off and my IG profile and same thing on Facebook. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I look forward to the future. And, and by next month, I was telling you, I should have at least um, one spot open in, in Hollywood. I don't, I don't want to drop their name yet in case it doesn't follow through. But uh, in Hollywood, it should be, uh, should be a go by, by next month. So, you know, and I appreciate you having me on, man. This was a lot of fun. And with, uh, with all the, the rando, like, invites for Zoom and stuff like that, I really shied away from it um because you know it's just not my thing but anytime you know i could i could collab with you you know what i mean i'm just more than happy to do so so i appreciate you having me on bro dude it's, it's been a long time coming happy to have you on and look really this platform can be used a lot of different ways um i'm doing a pod later this week about financial literacy and i think that's going to be a really dope pod because it's like a financial advisor talking about like right. 20, 30 year planning of money and stuff. So this is a pre-drop for that pie. That's how we doing pods now. Like, yo, on the next episode, we do a financial stuff. But um, this was like a moment to, you know, catch up. We've had, I've had people on who I've been, friends I went to college with, I haven't been in contact with in 10 years. We like right. reconnected on the pod so it could feel authentic. It wasn't like, you know, whatever. And we've been friends for a long time. 
you've put me on a yeah. bunch of shows you've like in a line way like you've paved the path that sometimes i fall so I, i'm my own person so i'm not as like right. out as, long as you are maybe I'm a little more calculated but seeing how you go at it <laughs> I'm <a little> more <laughs> Like, he goes, I'm more strategic with my shit, son. Yeah, yeah. You, out here, you, you out here with a Tommy gun. You're just like, it's like, I throw my thon over here, man. It's like, yeah. No, but I, I did think about that, though, uh, before I let you go. I did think about how long I'd known you before I hopped on the podcast. And, like, when you hit me up to, to do it, I was like, man, I've really known Chris a long, a long time. You know what I'm saying? So from, and especially that you're out here now, yeah. I thought it was, uh, it's, it's, it's good for me, probably more than you know, that I have somebody out here that's a good support system for me because those little things count and they add up. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And LA is a tough place to live. You know what I'm saying? So it's good to have people that, uh, that you've known for a long time and that you could really, you could really vibe with. So I appreciate you, man. No, it's a big deal. I was getting to like a, like a, like a crescendo, but you decided you wanted to stuff on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is, you moving out here, what I think was the impotence for me to move out here because I was in Miami, right. you know, living a pretty charmed life. At that point, right. very well in my in my training, had a nice little lady, had a Camaro. I was doing a wild, right. I was doing a wild Miami life, and I was content. And then you moved out here, and there's a saying that you don't know what you can have until you see someone else do it, kind of thing. And maybe I butchered right, it. right. But I always thought at some point I'll be in New York or LA. We're entertainers. We kind of say that, but right. I don't know anyone close who had done that. And then you left. You're like, "Yo, man, headed to LA, son." I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm out." I was like, "Whoa, you just can't leave." He's like, "Yeah, I can." I was like, "I'm gone." <laughs> and then you left, and I was like, "This dude just left. He just went to LA." And you know, I, I don't know. Like, I know you had like a, a job connect and whatever, but you know, you were like, "I'm staying with some comics," and you just were like, "I'm gone." And when you did that, it kind of sparked the idea. <laughs> I had that that oh man I think I could can I do that too and then I had to like talk to my bosses and try to line everything up and it really was like I need to be there too not because you are right. here like living a dream it was just the fact that you took you you did the next step you've been doing right. it for like five years plus here you got to move up you got to move out to move up and then you left right. and I started thinking about it and really that was like the beginning block for me, right. I mean, I moved like six months or a year later, but I had to, again, I got to plan everything out. Like I had a place, job, car, I had to like, right, right, I had right. my ducks in a row. But, you know, you deserve credit for doing it first because, you know, I didn't know, because after you left, then me, Justin, like Darius, Darius is, I think, back in Florida now, but like a lot of, we just started coming. Yeah. And I, I don't think yeah. it's accidental. Like it just takes one sometimes to kind yeah. of get it going. Well, thank you, thank you for that, man. That means uh, that means a lot to me, and I appreciate. I, I just appreciate that so much too, because like sometimes, sometimes you don't even and um, know the. And this could go for you or just anybody else, but sometimes you don't know the people that you affect along the way of like some of the decisions that you mount um, until. Sorry about that. Uh, I think Adam logged off, but that's cool. You guys got the gist of what he was saying. Um, thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. This has been Chris Kane. We will be back 
next week with a financial episode, which is really awesome. And thank you guys for supporting. I know I say it all the time, but it's really awesome that people care to listen and that you tell your friends and our numbers are growing. I think we're trying to do good work here. So keep supporting us. We'll keep making content for you and we'll see you next time. Deuces.